Frank, we made it through another year. Can you believe it? Don't jinx it. We're actually recording before the new year, everyone. <laughs> I, we haven't made it out yet, James. 2021 could come a hunt in for us. It's very true. We are we're recording this even pre-Christmas uh, as well. But it's the last podcast of 2021 that we will well, actually we'll record another one for 421 <laughs> well, it never ends we're exactly. stuck in 2021 forever <laughs> but for all of you listeners you made it with us through 2021 and i just want to say thank you thank you that you, you you've all been wonderful we wouldn't be here without you it's <laughs> very true we would not we would not do this if nobody listened but you all listen and you write in you hop on our discord and you tweet at us you do all the things you share it with your friends I super appreciate it. And this time of year is a time of year that we do some holiday hacking, Frank. Ooh, ooh, is it that time? Okay. I, I'm excited because this year I actually did a holiday hack. Last year, I don't even remember what I said, but I definitely, it was 2020, everyone. I have to go back to the historical records to find out what I said, but I'm pretty sure I didn't have a good one last year. So I'm excited. I think I did a decent one this year. So I'm excited to talk about it. Are you excited? Did you do a holiday hack? Yeah, I shipped. I literally built and shipped my holiday hack live to the people wow. even before my the first weekend of my holiday. Because I, I came off basically the 15th, 16th, and 17th. That took like sort of like half work days type of things, kind of easing into the holidays and then took the two weeks off here. So I'm pretty much we're in I'm in holiday mode. But I by the weekend the 18th, 19th, I was done. My hack was complete. And <laughs> I told Heather that it was done and that it was approved. The app store approval complete live. Wow. And she's like, that's really fast. And I go, that is really fast. Not just the approval, but the thing that I made. So I'm also very uh, excited about it. And I'll I'm angry. It, and I'll tell you angry. why and how it happened so fast, Frank. You you beat me. My I I also wrote an app for mine, um, yeah. but I did not get it approved. Oh, I didn't. No, I haven't done the metadata. I didn't draw an icon. Uh, I probably don't have the license to a million things that are included in it. So <laughs> I have to do a bit of work before mine is worthy of the public. But I, so uh, just clap clap. Good job, James, for getting something actually on an app store for a holiday hack. Very you, true. You got me. And I'll tell you this much, the Google Play took longer to approve than iOS did. And I think that I, <laughs> I'm now, I'm now a hundred percent convinced. I, I think this happened last year with my cadence is I'm a hundred percent convinced that Google Play has somehow became like the worst mess of an app store for developers to try to figure out what to do. It's so complicated. It's, and anyway, right. And if I'm it. wrong, it, it's so complicated. It's like, so many buttons in this, like, how do I do this thing and that thing? And the Apple one's not good. None of them are good. But like the Apple one hasn't changed ever. I think that's the thing. And, like the Google <laughs> one, they keep adding like 5 billion things. I'm like, I, how do I even, how do I get this thing here? How do I just like, I just want to test it. Like, how do I, like, oh, you got to get that test approved and you got to wait and you got to do this thing. But like, how do I get in the app store? I don't know. You got to press these other five things. Like, just press the buttons for me. You know what I'm going to press? Like, there needs to be a setting. Choose defaults. Like, here's the defaults based on like a template. Every single one of my other apps, I've done it this way. Copy pasta. Let me just upload four photos and let me be done with it already. 
for real for real um i didn't know we we're going to do the app store com- or <laughs> play store complaining episode but i am here for this uh the worst part for me is when you set the settings right where you think you've submitted it mm. all you really see is like a combo box changed settings at least on the uh I, a- app store connect it's a big button things get grayed out they make it feel really serious when you're submitting it on on the play whatever the heck it's called play store. <laughs> you're just changing a, a, a combo box and you're like did i do something i don't know did it save i don't know google auto saves like did it submit who knows i'll wait a couple days and see what happens oh <laughs> uh, good job google yeah anyway so that's why i didn't get my app approved all right so i'm gonna go first I built a little hologram display device, and I want to use hologram in square, scare quotes. Uh, what it really is, is just a cute little kind of reflector thing that works a lot like a heads-up display in a car. But basically, it's a screen that creates kind of a ghostly false image inside of a box. And I was just playing around one day, and I thought it was a neat effect. And so I built a box to do it, and I built the software to project on it, and it actually kind of worked out. Everyone I've sent pictures to have said they kind of want one, so I think it's been a pretty good success. So that's my general one. I built a hologram box, and I'm giving away, I am giving away, in the process of giving away. (laughs) I got to finish them and put them in boxes. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Two of them for little kids. No, I like, I saw this thing on Twitter and it was like the coolest thing I ever saw. And I didn't know what it was or what you built, but I was sort of blown away by it. And I'm like, oh, I need to have this in my life. I'm pretty sure. And I showed it to a bunch of people too. Cause I was like, I don't know what this is or how he built it, but <laughs> Frank is getting crazy. I've seen these things on, you know, um, like Kickstarters, you know, and yeah. these, these, these different things are like boxes that you look into and I was like, oh, is this what Frank built? Because that looks like really cool. <laughs> well, those are like really good versions of what I built. I built a very bad version of those. The modern technology is called light field display these days. And you'll you'll see that popping up because it's a really cool technology that's getting integrated into more and more products. You can even buy an iPad that has a light field display in it. And it gives you four levels of depth kind of without using glasses without any other kind of external hardware it's just a screen that naturally has four levels not naturally you know what i mean (laughs) that has four levels of depth that is not at all what i built (laughs) what i built was you might see these on amazon they look like little glass pyramids clear pyramids and they have a little cutout and they call them like hologram projector, mobile hologram projector is something. You go get these little pyramid things and you can go find five or 10 videos on YouTube, play that video, very carefully position this little pyramid thing on your phone and make like a hologram effect. Again, hologram and scare quotes. <laughs> and it's cute. It creates a little false image in the air. It's almost like augmented reality but without using glasses i think that's what's kind of nice about it is you're overlaying something into a scene um so i thought well that's really cute but it's really tiny how can i make this bigger Mm. so i thought well the the pyramid the pyramid is neat because you can put that on a coffee table and people can look around and each person will see the correct 3d image 
But I was like, well, what if I don't have friends? What if it's just me? Yeah, what if it's just me? In a world, <laughs> let's just say that no one ever comes over my house and I don't talk to anybody ever. Yeah, yeah. Imagine. Imagine such a place. So I thought, you only actually need one side mm. of that pyramid to get the same effect. And so I just had the idea of uh, 3D print a big box with just one side of that pyramid, somehow anchor some kind of screen to the, uh, to the top of it, and uh, presto bango, uh, a false image appeared. I was very excited. I, it was fun. It was a good hack. It was nothing I'd ever done before, and it was one of those ones when it first works, you just kind of yelp because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> so what's your plan for these? Are you going to sell these now on Etsy? Yeah, I guess so. I have to. No, the manufacturing process is terrible. So I've gone through four different 3D print designs. Each time I print it, it's seven and a half hours. Uh, for each one, I have to cut a piece of acrylic, and I am terrible at cutting acrylic. Mm. I have now cut eight pieces, and I think my worst one was the last one. I'm not even like getting better at it. <laughs> so that's terrible. Um, but where I did have a lot of fun was writing the app that supports it, because you build this box, but what's really interesting is what are you going to display on that box? And I decided to write a C-sharp app that just cycles through a bunch of objects. It's it's for kids. It's supposed to just entertain kids and be like a little nightlight. So it just cycles through objects. Now, the question is, can you use the new I iOS scanning to create a 3D model and then upload that 3D model to the hologram? You absolutely could if I bothered to put a web connection into the app. <laughs> Yes. And this is like, this is why I, I actually kind of want to write this app for the app store because uh, right now, like I said, you go buy one of those little pyramid things mm -hmm. and all you have are some YouTube videos. I think there need to be more simple little hologram projector apps. There's a few of them out there, but I might as well throw my hat into the ring. It's a very simple kind of app. And that's definitely where it would be fun to just upload a depth map to it from one of the LiDAR cameras. You don't even need the LiDAR as long as you have one of the phones with a, a, a dual camera set up. You can get a depth image from it and put that on. There's another trick that I, I want to do, but because it was for kids, I didn't do it. But I would love to turn the camera on. On Oh, I should say, so for the screen, I ended up using uh, a Kindle Fire device. Kindle Fire 8. You know why, James? Why? They're cheap. They are cheap. That's correct. <laughs> $55. When I first built it, I did a Raspberry Pi with a Raspberry Pi screen. And a Raspberry Pi is like 30 bucks, and a screen's like 50 bucks. It was cheaper to get a get an Amazon Fire device. So that's what I did. And I wrote an Android app. It was great. I loved it. Okay, so... Okay, so I'm looking at this thing. I look at the old photo from like a week ago, and that one is the Raspberry Pi one, right? Mm-hmm. And that's running.net on the on the on the Raspberry Pi. Yeah, the the uh, my app so far has been very cross-platform. It's funny because uh, at first I couldn't figure out how to even get an OpenGL window up on a Raspberry Pi. Mm. Not even .net, just using C, just like. How in the world do I get a 3D window up on this Raspberry Pi? And something, something, something. That is a rabbit hole. I, I think I almost want to release a nougat that has all this work in it. 
But if you want to use the actual GPU of the Raspberry Pi, you have to set up OpenGL in a very specific way, which requires a bit of fancy code. So first thing I did was um, write all that fancy code. Actually, I stole it all from their examples, obviously. (laughs) Got that running. And that's when I was like, oh, wow, cool. So I can use the Raspberry Pi to do 3D graphics. And I should say I was using a Raspberry Pi 0 2W to something it's tiny and it's it's not powerful but it's it's a it's a linux box oh i got that working and then i was like you know what c plus plus is terrible so i took that app that could use the gpu and render full screen and i ported it to be a native library mm. and i wrote a c sharp wrapper over that native library and presto bango i installed .NET 6 on the raspberry pi and all of a sudden i had a .NET 6 app using c sharp 10 uh controlling uh gpu backed uh 3d graphics on the raspberry pi i was super excited by that too i got to release that library <laughs> that's right okay so I'm I'm still confused. How does how again does it work again? So is it pre- okay? Yeah. Okay. So I see I see. So now I'm looking at the Kindle Fire, and like you almost it almost fell out when you tilted it, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I, it, I've refined the box. I've okay, refined it. So there. So so here I'm going to describe it for everybody in case you, you maybe heard Frank, but I'm going to re-describe it for you. So he 3D printed like this box, if you will, and inside the box there's a slanted piece of glass. It looks like. Plastic, yep. something. But it's acrylic, but it acrylic. could be glass. It could be plastic. It doesn't matter. And then on the top of it is the Kindle Fire, and the screen is pointed down. Yes, towards the glass. So yeah. is the Kindle Fire cre- it's created? Is it creating the graphics, and then they're like being beamed down? Down? I'm so confused. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yep. So I am using the LCD of the Kindle Fire as a projector. There's a lot of different ways to create projectors, but this is the cheapest, simplest way. <laughs> you just get an LCD screen. The trick to this, there, there's two tricks happening that give a really neat illusion. So imagine light rays emitting from the, the screen. They're shooting away from it. Mm-hmm. And they hit that piece of angled glass. And that glass is angled at 45 degrees, a very mm-hmm. specific mm-hmm. angle. Now, we all remember Snell's law from high school physics. <laughs> the angle of incidence is equal to the angle of reflection when light bounces off of something. And so if I take a light ray, bounce it off of a 45-degree piece of glass, that light ray just bounced 90 degrees. So now it's pointed out. So the screen is 90 degrees from the viewer so that you don't see the screen. You don't want to see the projector. Yeah. You don't want to look into the projector's lens. You project onto something. You know, that that's how you just don't want to look into the lens. I don't want to look into the screen. So we bounce the screen uh, toward the viewer. The second trick is the thing that's bouncing is clear. Mm. So if I don't bounce something there, it looks transparent. And What happens is a funny little psychological trick. You could argue whether this is physics or just how the brain works. Yeah. Uh, Give or take both. This is the best part of like illusions, you know? Who knows which one's really at fault? I'm going to blame the brain. So the brain sees all these light rays coming to it in parallel. So it assumes, because it can't see the reflecting surface, that the image is actually inside the box. 
and not uh, on the LCD. If you saw the LCD, it looks like it's on the LCD, obviously. Oh. But if you can't see the LCD, you're looking through that piece of glass, the image appears behind the glass at the back of the box. If you had a pyramid, it would appear in the center of the pyramid. So that's the trick. I'm, you're taking an image from an LCD, cutting a bit of it out. So the parts that are black ideally don't emit any light. So mm -hmm. those are completely invisible. So anything that you want be, to be invisible, you make it black. You bounce those lights off of the reflector. The, as long as the reflector is also clear, you get a false image. It's a classic magic trick, and it's really fun. Incredible. Yeah, because I'm noticing in the Raspberry Pi one, there's a there's a there's a split second where you actually tilt it up a little bit and you can actually see the car in the top of it in the yeah. in the projector going down. So that is pretty neat in general. Yeah. And there's a lot of tricks to keeping the illusion there. So uh, you don't want your objects to clip along the edge of the screen because mm -hmm. then they look like they're not real objects anymore. Um, I also coded in, thank you, James, Xamarin Essentials Accelerometer. Yeah. So I rotate the display if you rotate the box because it, it so ruins the effect if you can see the screen. Yeah. Uh, so if you're looking at this box upward, if the box is higher than you, then you want the screen down. If the box is lower than you, you want the screen up so that you can't see the screen. Yeah. And so you can actually rotate the box and it compensates for all that stuff thanks to the accelerometer. So oh, thank wow. you, James, for that. Wow. How was it working with uh, Xamarin Android over there? Good. I hate to say it, but good. Oh. <laughs> I, I like to hate on Android, but the dev experience was actually pretty good. Um, I, I did follow my normal policy of not using an emulator just because I always find they're so slow and a little bit annoying. And I was using the SCR copy screen sharing app. I think I should also be using Visor. I should get Visor. Mm -hmm, yeah. But I found, um, uh, yeah, deving on a proper device with that screen share thing happening. That was actually pretty lovely. I didn't mind it at all. Yeah, I do enjoy that because, you know, the Android emulators, even you can get really fast ones now, they take up, you know, screen real estate, but then also they take up resources on your machine. Um, and no matter how powerful your machine are, is, I should say, there's always going to be that little, um, you know, yeah. lag. And then additionally, if you want to use sensors, I think that that is the other thing. And, and to me, I, I, you know, you and I were just going through this. I was trying to pull down a sample. Uh, you know, trying to do some document work or whatever on iOS. And I plugged in my iPhone and sure enough, you know, certs and this and oh my God, <laughs> goodness. Like, you know, you, you plug in a device, you got to put it in developer mode, but whatever, that takes five seconds. Yeah. And yeah. you plug it in, it just shows up and you hit debug and you got your app on the thing. It's a pretty, it's <laughs> yeah. a pretty good experience as far as develop development goes and, and testing applications. Yeah, the only thing I couldn't remember was how to use Android resources properly. Mm -hmm. I had no idea where I should put all my 3D models and anything. But you know what? I know how to use .NET embedded resources, so I threw them all in the project and did an embedded resource. It seems to work out fine. There you go. Um, and also the Kindle Fire 8 runs, I think it's Fire version 7 or something, but it's Android 9, which is Android Pie, which is Android level API level 28. Yeah. So in case anyone's out there, I'm sure you've had to look that up yourself, but that took me forever to find <laughs> all those different numbers for these things. Well, whenever you are ready 
to ship it off to the apps, uh, app store, you can use easyappicon.com. It's my favorite website Ooh. in the world. You just give it some vector graphics. You give it a foreground, give it a background color. It'll create all of your iOS and Android, all the modern adaptive icons, all this stuff for you automatically. It'll create your Pro assets. All, I did a whole video on this. Um, it's amazing. And it just, you download it. And then there's little instructions that tell you how to basically do everything. And you just drag and drop some files over. It's really, really simple. Uh, it, it's, I just, I used it for my holiday hack. So awesome. uh, I would e highly, highly recommend it because app icons are terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I use pretty sophisticated uh, e editors, but it's still like creating all the different sizes for every single icon is exhausting. That's awesome. Pro tip, easyappicon.com. Yes. I have one little thing I, I started to say, but uh, because this isn't a kid's device, what I would really love to do with this hologram, there, there has to be a mode, uh, turn the camera on, locate where the person is viewing it from, and you rotate the object depending on your viewing angle. Mm. And that will really make the hologram effect super, super duper fun. So I would love to add that feature too. And I think that'll really add to the craziness of it. <laughs> That's a pretty cool hack, though. I think that that is not because like it's not only just like you created an app, but you also 3D printed a thing. You constructed a thing and you did it both not only on an IoT like Raspberry device, you know, system on a chip thingy, but then you also did it on like. Wait, on Android, Can I tell you the and a third platform, Mac, <laughs> because it turns out developing on the Raspberry Pi is terribly slow. Ooh. And before I had the Android version, I wanted a quicker way to do development. And honestly, I, I want to do a whole merge conflict episode on this, but I was using the .NET Watch hot reload feature to an awesome kind of level where I was doing all my pixel shaders in it. So it was fun doing like GPU programming with a graphics app with hot reload working. Oh, wow. I was having a great time doing development for this. So the app's already on three platforms. I really overdid it. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I remember doing shader work back in the day on Shred Nebula and <sighs> playing with shaders is not super fun. Because they're so but it becomes fun with hot reload. You're just like you're just playing with numbers and you're like getting live results. Oh, my God. I loved it. Yes, that is basically what I need to be doing. I love you. Hot reload. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, I will say I definitely did not do as much of awesome that you did. So I, I don't really I don't even know if I want to talk about it. I don't even know. You're not. You no. got an approved level of awesomeness, though. <laughs> Mine's not approved. OK, OK, so. And mine never could be. It's like a it's like a 500 megabyte exe. <laughs> so last year, I did uh, my holiday hack was my cadence, which has gone pretty well, and I've been updating it throughout the year. And a lot of people have been writing in, blah blah blah. It's been Heck it's yeah. been fun. Yeah, made Love some it. money. Made it's a made, big number out. Now with some, a graph, made some taco money. You know, made a few hundred bucks. Not a big deal, but yeah, I did it for the people. I yeah, made graphs. That's right. I made graphs and charts and. Added a database, a SQLite database. Um, it has been, it's been, a, I've enjoyed making that app. I think it's really fun because I use it. I use it all the time. And that's the best type of app, which is the apps that you build for yourself. Other people find joy in. Some of them don't and to give you a one-star <laughs> review and then makes you sad and cry inside. Um, but Aww. I went to an app that I don't, uh, to something different. So I woke up last weekend and I knew that the holidays were coming up. And 
uh, Heather and I cross-country ski, as you know. And I, the, the cross-country ski area that we go to, uh, it's all community run. So it's very, very nice. And, um, they, um, have a website where you can go to and you get grooming reports, announcements, events, all this other weather reports and, you know, camera footage and all the, you know, webcam footage of the, the streets and stuff to see if it's snowy or not. And they post everything on, on Facebook though. And I hate Facebook and, and they have the website <laughs> and it scrapes and it puts the data there. But if you want the full thing, you gotta go Facebook. It's a whole thing. You're like, Oh man, I'm like, you know, there should just really be an app for this. Right. Ooh. I mean, there should, there shouldn't, I shouldn't have to bookmark a web page, like get the latest <sighs> news and information and maps. And, you know, also when you're skiing in the mountains, you don't really have internet. So if you wanted to get a map, Oh yeah. Need the app. You need the map on your phone. I mean, that's actually yeah. like the real win-win I would say overall is like, that's sort of what you need, right? This makes, this makes, this like makes sense, right? Half of my personal apps, the apps I never release to the public are exactly these kind of offline map kind of things where I just put a giant database into the phone because I need it to work in places where there's no Wi-Fi or whatever. But this also gets back to one of my most favorite things to work on are hiking apps. I haven't thought to do cross country, but yeah. um, what developer hasn't wanted to do like a GPS tracking hiking app or, you know, something along those terms. So yeah. th those are always, I, I wish those became more popular than like weather apps and Twitter apps for demonstrating things. I wish more people showed off hiking apps. Yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 So there, what, what's the spec? Did you write a functional spec now? Block out your time. <laughs> so I, so I, I, I go of course onto, onto the, to the website and there, there's an app already. So there's actually an app. So oh. I download the app and I'm like, oh, this is cool, but it's actually only maps and that's it. It's like, it's, it's only maps and it's just a map, which you know, they have a PDF version, but they just have the map. You can click on the trails and you can see which one's what. And I'm like, okay, well this is like one tenth of what I actually want. So, because what I want is I want to go on my phone. I want to open it up. I want to see the grooming report. Like, are the, is it groomed? Like what mm. is going on? I want to see announcements. I want to see the weather. I want to see the, I want to see all this stuff. I don't want to, I don't want it. I don't want to go to the browser. Like that, I, that's what I never want to do. I never want to go to the browser. And now to be clear, this is like a hyper local app. This is just for one place region one snow park that is correct <laughs> one snow park got yeah. it <laughs> and it's the main snow park is where a lot of people uh, do cross country we'll camp. call it the main snow park so i do what i do because like i do and i'm like no, i'm just going to prototype this thing so i i i start to i start to go down a rabbit hole and i start to to build this application I mean, what are we talking? A few web calls, get some JSON in there, use some MVVM helpers. It's going to be great. Uh, exactly. I'm like, how much work can this possibly be? Right. I'm like, I just need to figure out where the data is coming from. I need to put it in the app. I need to get, you know, a few other pages on here, get a few things, just get some data in here. Not a big deal. But of course, I want it to look pretty. I want it to have some cards uh, and I want it to have light theme and dark ooh. theme. And I want all this stuff. Now, Frank. You want a light theme and a dark theme? I think you only need the light theme. How often are you going to be in like dark snow? No, with the light theme and the dark theme because people like dark, dark themes, themes look terrible outside in the snow where the snow is reflecting all the light around you and your pupils are 
size of pinholes. Well, then you can set it to the system default, and then you decide what you want. <laughs> you you want to you? I'm gonna stop critiquing now. Thank yes, James. <laughs> well, so luckily, and I'm like, this is my holiday hack. This is happening, right? And so I don't even contact the main organizer. I'm just like, I'm just gonna prototype in like nah. five seconds. So I've luckily on my YouTube channel over the last year, I've built out this coffee app. It's called My Coffee, right? And <laughs> It is an app that I started from scratch, file new, to now it's it's a whole app with a backend. It has a database in it. It makes it uses like MVVM helpers and it uses monkey cache and it uses all these and it has light theme and dark theme, it has all the stuff built in, right? So I'm like, it's the perfect template app. That app shows data. I want to show data. I'm gonna just I'm just gonna copy paste. I open oh. in VS Code, rename my coffee to the snow park and literally in 30 minutes i have an app up and running displaying <laughs> some data now here's the thing so now i have like a page and I, and I and i contact the people i'm like hey i see that there's this app already out there but like you know it's only this and this is what i want to do what do you think and they're like this sounds great they're like but can we make it one app you know oh Oh, so now you got, okay. Because yours was doing snow conditions, but you didn't have maps? Well, there's already a, an app out there that did the maps from a local developer too. It's, so. it's one more tab, man. One more tab. Well, so, well, I don't want to stomp on this this person's app. You know what I mean? A good... Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that they had released an app. Okay. No, 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 no. So they... I mean, so why are they asking you to merge? That's not your place. Well, so they're like, hey, there's this other app from this other person, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay. I'm like, hey, I could, I could, I could work with someone if they built it in Xamarin. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, so, so I they get, they get me in contact with this person and, the, but they've moved out of the state at this point. And they're like, well, you know, like we built it in React Native and like I just did it in like a, a few days and just like, you know, I have this Heroku app or whatever, uh, blah, blah, blah. He's like, it's just running. And I was like, oh, I'm like, actually, I'm like, I could take your React Native view and I could shove it in my app and I could take it over if you don't want to do it anymore. And um, and he's like, nah, that's okay. You do your thing. I'm just gonna <laughs> keep this over. I, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I'm back. So I'm back to I'm back to the app. So I contact the organizers and I was like, hey, like, you know, do you have an RSS feed? Because I it's basically I'm just pulling in an RSS feed, right? This and that. And he goes. This this is when you get into the hacking of this, Frank, you're, you're going to like it. So good. He goes, um, whoever like does the website, he goes, oh, no, we don't have an RSS feed. He's like, actually, what I do is I have a I have some worker that um, does a graph API called a Facebook scrapes oh, Facebook's wow. data and it looks as for hashtag either announcement or grooming and displays that data. And I was like, oh, cool. Like. Get, let me have access to the, the graph or whatever, since you don't have an RSS feed. And he's like, oh, better yet. He's like, I just have this in a text file. Like, it's just a text file on the server and I update it every few hours. And I was like, that's basically an RSS feed. I don't know if you've, that's what you heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> better yet, better yet, it's in JSON. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Okay. So he, is he manually doing that? No, I no. hope not. No, he, he has yeah. some, like, he said he has some, um, a Ruby some, or some PHP worker yeah. that is doing something and yeah. creating a text file on disk or whatever. But at some URL that was not discoverable, security through obscurity, yes. and uh, you get that URL, you're good to go? 
Correct. He has like little PHP embedded views basically that are reading this file. And I don't know where that's coming from because that's happening on the server. So I get that data and I'm like, this is amazing. I love it's JSON, bloom, boom, 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 announcements, this I'm pulling it out. Basically monkeys.json it, imports directly. It's yeah. It, it's like grooming. It, it's like, it's like events.json and the, it's actually dot text, which is funny, but this and this I'm like, and it's HTTPS. So I'm like, this is great. I don't have to worry about any TLS stuff. So anyways, so this is good. But then here's here's the absolute beauty of it, Frank. He's like, well, I also get the weather from this random weather service. And I was like, okay, here we go. I got to spin up an Azure function. I got to store a thing. I got to do this stuff, right? No, Frank. No, not at all. Because what I do, which is even better, that's going to blow your mind, is that he has these little PHP web views. Okay. And I'm going to give you the web, the web view in, in it. Right. So, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to send you are this. You, are you parsing HTML with a regex? This is going to be so That's good. The, I sent you the wrong link. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, so there's a little Ajax PHP weather thing, right? And you already yes. know what I'm doing because you're Frank Krueger. So you're know him. So I'm like, how do I just scrape this data? Right. <laughs> and our friend HTML agility pack, Woo, Come okay. through, baby. Folks, this is important. This is important. I, I thought he was just going to do string.find or string.index of, but no, folks, he used an actual SGML parser, HTML agility pack. Good job, James. I'm so proud of you. Um, I'm going to give you the gist here because you're going to be like, oh my goodness, you're going to love this. So everyone, if you've ever done any HTML scraping and you were writing regex, you're doing it wrong. Go get HTML Agility Pack. They have um, uh, uh, XSS selectors, whatever. Those are hard mm -hmm. to use, but they have link. You can just write everything in link and go find whatever you need to use. And there's good samples. And when you look at this, what I do is so I just say, hey, give me <laughs> I just go, hey, give me give me the entire web URL. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, which which is just a table with a bunch of T. <clears throat> TRs and TDs, and you can use HTML agility pack to just load this HTML, <laughs> grab the table node, and you can say, hey, give me anything that has a TD in the TR elements, scrape that text out, and, yeah. and it gives me exactly what I need, which is the data. So it has the direct data inside of it 100%. It strips out all the HTML, and then I use little emojis for like temperature and humidity and direction and all this stuff, right? And boom, I have <laughs> the most beautiful weather report. And then I just did a video on my YouTube about image caching, because now you know what I'm up to, is these webcams. You know, Seattle has like 15 oh, billion yeah. webcams. They update every two minutes. And that's what they have on there. So there's like these webcams that give you the, the different reports. So um, that's really cool. But you have to make sure that you're setting your cache time correct. And then additionally... Um, to actually refresh an image manually, let's say you pull the refresh and you want to refresh that in Xamarin Forms, you actually need to create the URI source again, basically, to flush the cache out, um, huh. or if it's more than two minutes. So I do that. So I have this weather report. I have all the images, all the cameras coming up. And it looks, Frank, it looks beautiful because it is using, <laughs> sure enough, it is using all of my coffee app stuff, right? It's yeah. all there. Um and I'm literally going to give you the the the, the app URL as well. Yeah, so you I was going to say I, I want some screenshots here. 
So if everyone wasn't keeping up, we now have what? Live video in the app. We now have live temperature stuff and conditions. Mm -hmm. And we have maps. Did the maps ever make it in? (laughs) Okay. So the maps sort of made it in, sort of didn't. So the other thing is I added location so you can like navigate it again using Xamarin Essentials. Um, which is great. All the web URLs using Xamarin Essentials. Um, I like your icon, but you first rule of icons is you don't put text on the icon. So you failed the first rule. So he did. It, it is a brand, so I get it. <laughs> I am going to remove the the words in the future to make it bigger. So don't worry. I'm on it. I'm on it. Uh, yes, I'm a, I'm a silly, silly person for doing this. I will, I'm going to generate The app looks icon. good. I, I was actually a little worried that this was going to look like iOS 6 Notes. I know the the last coffee app I remember had a really brown theme to it. So I was thinking like, why is this snow app going to have a really brown theme to it? No. But no, you did it great. You did black and white, which is perfect for a, a snow app. Mm-hmm. I don't see the dark mode here for some reason, but the, the, the bright mode, the light mode looks fantastic. You have emojis for UI elements, which Apple specifically says you shouldn't do, but it looks great. <laughs> True. Very accurate. I'm using font awesome. For the uh, tab icons, which is great. You have the trail map. Looks gorgeous. You have like a semi-topo map and you have announcements. This is a far better app than I would say 60% apps out there. (laughs) I I threw it together. So I, in development, I maybe spent five hours worth of time on this app. I got to say. I see you have tabs, news, weather, trails, more. What What's up with the more? Why do you need a more? It's like settings. <laughs> just put settings there. You can have five tabs. <laughs> I know. I, I hate more. I, I, I just, people, I hate disclosures. I hate hamburger menus and I hate more menus. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, so I use shell. I use Xamarin form shell with top tabs and bottom tabs, which look pretty good on iOS. I'm not going to lie about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, for these different sections and sure enough we went cross-country skiing today and we literally used the application fantastic (laughs) and and the cool part was that that the maps i am working on some optimizations because it's like i just wanted to get it out the door because once i had it i i took it and i shoved it in app center and i had i created new you know signing keys everything like that luckily Mm -hmm. i had just gone through some recent exporting of of uh, p12 files so i had those stored so don't worry (laughs) i had those stored around yay (laughs) create a new provisioning profile did the thing and you know these images i didn't i didn't make them pretty right they're just screenshot 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 from the devices bingo bango it's totally working you know uh, and it's fine it's nothing yeah. nothing there's no analytics there's no crash reporting no data is collected no anything i'm just like people people to go. tell you how this is not even a james app it doesn't even have rounded corners on the images that's the one part where this is not a james app. it's rounded rounded on everything else buttons <laughs> group boxes but yeah. not the images sir no, not uh, the images not the images especially not the road cameras because you want to be able to see all that little information in there you don't want any of that to be cut off it's all border it's all gray border. I know. Cut that off. I don't. It's all there, Frank. <laughs> I have no time because I made this thing. I honestly, I, I, it was I love so, it. It was I so it. it was so quick and awesome because I had that template app, and I'm so happy I did because uh, you know, I, and honestly, I spent all my time only debugging Android. I didn't even look at the iOS app until I chipped it into TestFlight. 
because yeah. I was like, I'm not even going to wear it. I had a few bugs uh, in it, which was fine. And then I fixed them up and I hopped on my Mac. But sure enough, that's fun. Uh, everything was was butter. It was it was great. It was so delightful to did, to do this. When you say test flight, sorry, I just have to nitpick. Um, did you actually get it approved in test flight? So you had actually had the real beta process going? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, how I did okay. this. Is so you I, blindly got it approved. That's pretty good. <laughs> yes. I blindly got it approved uh, 100%, 100% through test flight. Yes. Um, and then for the app store, I fixed up a few things, got it back out there. But I went from zero to to app before my holiday really actually began. Not going <laughs> to Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, how many uh, ski resorts do you think there are in the world? Oh, Quite a few, I would I'd imagine. Ballpark, somewhere around 10,000, maybe. Several 20, thousand. Yeah, several yeah. thousand. So should each one have its own app? I don't know. I mean, well, here's the thing is probably, I mean, in a world where ski parks and all this other stuff, you know, they would all want their own branding. If it was like a real business, like this is all community run. So, I mean, ideally I could have like my favorite places in here because like if there were multiple places around town that i wanted to go skiing then yes but eh, i don't know i mean to be honest like people mostly ski in like the same place over and over again there's not that many ski destinations in and around now if you're a traveler skier then you would totally want like an all-in-one app but yeah, i don't know it's a good question okay well, either way, you should white label it and talk to other ski resorts and start making some big bucks. Big apply this out. Big bucks. I didn't even add in that purchase. I was going to be like, you know, not promo, but just, you know, whatever it is, blah, blah, blah. But I was just like, yeah, I'm going to get this going to happen. I just realized, is there a Mac version of this? Uh, to- I mean, because it's a it's a, you know, it's it's got the if, it, if you have an M1, it'll run it. If you have an M1, yeah. that's why it's trying to open it and failing. Oh, that's funny. That's a little bit of a bug on Apple's website when you say view in the Mac app store. Yeah, oh, it, should, no. it should do it's it. It's just, it's a grayed out button. Um, okay. .NET 6 has Mac Catalyst support. Just saying. Hashtag just saying. It does. It does. Yeah, anyway, so that was my holiday hack. I totally I love did it. it. It happened. I was making fun, but only because my very first app was Seattle Buses. So it's, I mean, it's basically the same thing <laughs> so and i was like oh boy how am i ever going to franchise out to bigger and broader things but i love hyper local apps i i wish there were eight billion like seattle spe- there probably are <laughs> seattle specific apps and things like that so this is super cool and especially cool that you got it approved uh that's definitely going the next step yeah and it's out there and you know i what i what i was what i kind of pitched to the to the to the team there is said this is my way of giving back to the community because I am not going to, you know, be a volunteer, you know, groomer mm-hmm. of, of the cross country skiing yeah. out there. <laughs> and I'm not going to, you know, do web stuff at all, but I'm like, this is my way that I can give back because I can build an app really quick and hopefully some people find it beneficial. Yeah. And they seem to post every day. So if nothing else, it's just kind of fun. Yeah. It's out there. Boom. Well, we did it. We not only shipped holiday hacks this year before the end of the year. We didn't even need to do a recap Look episode at, at all. Amazing. We we're on it this year. That is for sure. Well, we're, we're more like I've been really distracted. So I've been working on hobby projects instead of real work projects. But don't worry, everyone. Updates are coming. I swear. <laughs>
There you go. Um, yeah, for me, I'm, I ex- it. I'm excited to uh, round out this new year, see where we go in 2022. Frank, as always, is an honor and a privilege on this side of the microphone to be chatting with you um, and to do this podcast. I really appreciate you putting up with me for so long. I'm pretty sure it's the other way around, but uh, yeah. Uh, how do how do you close out a year like 2021? 2021 was only like three months long in my head. Time still doesn't really exist to me, so I don't really know how to close it out. Or then, good riddance. Let's bring on 2022. And with that, that's going to do it for this week's and this year's merge conflict. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno, and I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.